All right, before I get into the guts of this sixth episode of this supplemental series, uh, I want to make sure that if you're tuning into this episode as your first episode in this series, please pause it, go back and listen to at least the first three episodes of this series uh, because they cover the background and the key players in these events. Episodes four and five cover the China business dealings, where in this episode we're going to pick up with, uh, with the Ukraine. But I really highly suggest that you listen to the, the bulk of this content, uh, at, at least the first three episodes, before you jump into this one so that you have the context of everything. Now, having said that, this information is not mine. I did not curate it. Uh, I did not do the research involved in it. This is content pulled from the independent research group Marco Polo and their 644-page report that released late of 2022 uh, and is fully available from them on BidenLaptopMedia.com. Uh, or you can Google Marco Polo Biden Laptop and you'll get access to the same website. They offer it free as a PDF or you can purchase it for $50 as a, a full-color printed media. Uh, uh, along with probably a dozen other links to various items pulled either from the laptop or in their research on the Bidens, including a section that covers the 128,000-plus emails that were found on the laptop in a fully searchable database. So it is, they have done unbelievable work, and I want to make sure that full credit goes to the Marco Polo people. It is not mine. I do not claim ownership of any of this. I don't claim any of the sweat equity. It is all Marco Polo. And uh, since they have provided the PDF for free, uh, I figure the least I could do is cover the bulk of the report, uh, highlights of the report at least, uh, in an audio format, because I'm not aware that anybody else has done that uh, up until this point. Maybe they have. I, I don't know that they have, though. All right. Having said all that, now I want to pick up with this episode six on Ukraine. Much has been written about Hunter joining the board of a Ukrainian-based energy company in April 2014, and Joe overseeing U.S. policy in that country and broader region. To simplify matters, Hunter's associates, with a few outliers, in this international fiasco were from these three organizations. First, there was the energy company Burisma. The key players, Vadim Poryarsky and Mykola Nikolai Lochevsky. Then there was the lobbying firm, Blue Star Strategies, with the key players, Karen Tramontano and Sally Painter. And then there was the law firm, Boys Shiler Flexner, LLP, with its key player, Heather King. Deeply embedded into Democrat political circles, King was also an advisor to the ill-fated Hillary Clinton presidential campaign in 2016 and the former general counsel for a scam company called Theranos a firm whose facilities Joe hailed as the, quote, laboratory of the future, unquote. Side note, you may recognize the name Theranos. That's the so-called blood treatment company that made its way into a documentary and even a TV series because its founder falsified her research information. Back to the report. Tramontano and Painter were also left-wing operatives and DC fixtures having both served in key high-ranking positions in the Clinton administration. In the background, Ihor Kolomoisky was the bankroller of Burisma through Cypriot shell companies, for example, Brocity Investments Limited, and his frontman, Lochevsky. 
Hunter conceded that his Burisma gig was due to his surname. Quote, the Biden name is synonymous with democracy and transparency, and that's why I said it was gold to them. Unquote. The beginning. Timeline, March 26, 2012. The venue, D.C. The accomplices, Joe and Tony Blinken. The U.S. codes involved, Title 18, Section 2, and Title 44, Section 2207. Evidence on the laptop of the Bidens meddling in the Ukraine began in March 2012, when Joe illegally utilized his private alias email address to communicate about his son Bo's speech in Kiev, ironically entitled Corruption and the Judiciary. The gushing former U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine, John Teft, told Joe's then-National Security Advisor, Anthony Blinken, that Bo's speech was terrific and that the many young lawyers present who were involved with NGOs fighting corruption doled out compliments to Joe's firstborn and favorite son. Burisma, the Great Irony For over eight years, Hunter and his fixtures have repeated the lie that his Burisma board seat served as a bulwark against Russian aggression and energy dominance in the Ukraine. The key irony in this lie was that Lochevsky, the frontman who helped fund Hunter's board seat, served under a Ukrainian president, Viktor Yanukovych, who repeatedly rejected the European Union and other transnational arrangements, a key interest for Russia. Lochevsky had previously served as the Minister of Ecology and Natural Resources under Yanukovych, who fled to Russia in March 2014 following Western-led protests. Unsurprisingly, Yanukovych is, to this day, Putin's preferred man to lead the Ukraine. Because of his previous position under Yanukovych, Lochevsky had authority to grant and or revoke energy drilling permits, resulting in egregious self-dealing and enrichment for his firm, Burisma. In summary, Hunter and Archer's board seats were insurance policies with a $166,000 monthly premium that Lochevsky purchased against potential prosecution for his illegal acts when he served as minister. Some mainstream outlets acknowledged this insurance policy, and even a few liberal writers criticized Hunter's scheme. Quote, The appointment of the vice president's son to a Ukrainian oil board looks nepotistic at best, nefarious at worst. Unquote. Lochevsky scrambled to navigate the delicate spot in which he found himself after Yanukovych fled. He appointed Hunter to Burisma's board just days before Joe flew to the Ukraine to announce a, quote, new U.S. support package. However, due to optics, Burisma waited three weeks to publicly announce Hunter's new position. In the press release, Hunter explained that his expertise in corporate transparency would help Ukrainian citizens. Quote, as a new member of the board, I believe that my assistance in consulting the company on matters of transparency, corporate governance and responsibility, international expansion, and other priorities will contribute to the economy and benefit the people of Ukraine. Unquote. Hunter was not transparent about his lucrative no-show of counsel position with BSF, which had just received a $250,000 wire from Burisma for legal and consulting services one week before the press release. Hunter was effectively double-dipping from Lochevsky's largesse. 
The announcement also toted Hunter's nonprofit affiliations and endeavors, which were supposedly, quote, helping to provide food and education to 300 million malnourished children around the world, unquote. The Curious Case of Alex Kutlarski So how did Hunter snag this double-dipping gig with Burisma? Clues were offered by two of his business associates, Seb Mamtazi and Henry DuPont. Mamtazi, an Englishman of Persian extraction, who Devin Archer described in his lengthy sentencing memorandum as, quote, an inexperienced associate turned COO who was quick with my signature, referenced multiple $10,000 outbound wire transfers to an Alex K. from an account Hunter accessed. DuPont, from a well-known family of bankrollers for the Bidens, conveyed to Hunter that he, quote, happened to meet Alex Kotlarski a Ukrainian Jew who lived in Brooklyn and worked for Hunter at Rosemont Capital. Kutlarski was a digital ghost, and photos of him could not be located online. Nevertheless, Kutlarski, who also ran a limousine service, struck an agreement with Hunter to receive 30% of Hunter's fees from Burisma for his first eight months on the board because he helped Hunter secure the position. In total, Kutlarski managed to collect nearly a quarter of a million dollars for his unconventional headhunting services, $222,224 to be exact. Kutlarski's handsome finder's fee certainly supplemented his income from Rosemont Capital and Fine Fair Express Car and Limo Service Incorporated, his atypical side gig. Either way, this Ukrainian-born enigma facilitated Hunter's Burisma grift. Side note, from a November... 2021 article in the Post Hill Press. It reads, Kutlarski is described in the 2019 article as a, quote, Ukrainian who was in the car service business in New York City, unquote. But he appears to have had a significant role in Burisma. He has copied into Hunter and Archer's correspondence with the company and used to fly with Hunter a row behind him in first class, unquote. Timeline. April 12, 2014 and following. Venue, D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. U.S. Codes involved, Title 18, Section 2, Title 22, Section 612. The grift was spelled out in an email by Archer six days before Hunter was appointed to the Board of Burisma and 11 days after Archer was appointed. Archer's key points included ensuring Hunter could double-dip by engaging Boyce Shiler, where Hunter is of counsel, and to explain the less overt role Hunter will play relative to Archer, the front man particularly through the elections. Two weeks later, Archer stated in an interview to a Ukrainian outlet, Capital, that the, quote, sphere of my duties with Burisma is also building the policy of government relations, unquote. Hunter then replied to Archer with a 22-point plan on how they were, quote, not going to let a crisis go to waste. To cash in on the Western-based chaos in the Ukraine, Hunter offered the following plan. Quote, Our guy, Joe, needs to set himself up as the anti-Victor Pinchuk, coal and steel oligarch, pro-Russian Yanukovych supporter. The Burisma contract should begin now, not after the upcoming visit of my guy, Joe. Unquote. To discuss further plans, Hunter told Archer to, quote, buy a cell phone from a 7-Eleven or CVS tomorrow, and I'll do the same. Hunter's 20th point was another 
cover your ass insertion for the paper trail. As the very next point, number 21, laid out how domestic policymakers, including and especially his father Joe, were to be leveraged for a $25,000 per month deal. Hunter was chopping at the bit to enter the Ukrainian energy sector, an industry in which he had no experience, and leverage his connections. Quote, this could be the break we've been waiting for if they, Burisma, really are smart enough to understand our long-term value, unquote. In order for Hunter and Archer to, quote, actually earn their keep and appear indispensable, they need to hire a discreet firm to perform due diligence on an ongoing basis so they could launder the information back to Burisma. During the following week and the day before Hunter was appointed to Burisma's board, the former president of Poland, Alexander Wasniewski, also a Burisma board member, scheduled a Parisian retreat for Burisma in early May. Archer suggested how, as unregistered agents, they could leverage their connections for their foreign principles gain. Quote, our guy Christian Clerk probably has to help on securing rooms if we can't book through regular means. We'll need five or six more rooms. Unquote. Timeline, April 22nd. 2014. Venue, D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. U.S. Codes involved. Title 18, Section 2. Title 22, Section 612. The following week, Hunter sent an email to Archer with a subject line of J.R.B. in U.K.R. and quoted Joe's hypocritical remarks to lawmakers about their, quote, cancer of corruption. Archer responded gleefully, quote, Wow, we need to make sure this ragtag temporary government in the Ukraine understands the value of Burisma to its very existence, unquote. Hunter shot back, quote, You should send to Vladim, Polarsky. Makes it look like we are adding value, unquote. As a side note, there were many that were reporting during the investigation of this portion of Hunter Biden's dealings that found the same conclusion that Hunter was actually doing something illegal. He had made an arrangement where he was being both a corporate governance monitor as well as a paid consultant to that same company. Timeline, May 9th of 2014 and following. Venue, still D.C. Accomplices, Devin Archer and Heather King. U.S. Codes involved, Title II, Section 1603. Title 18, Section 2, Section 371, and Title 22, Section 612. King wrote a standard CYA email about how she did not want to register as an agent under the FARA, but then in the next sentence explained how she was going to lobby a U.S. State Department official named Carlos Pasquale, along with a longtime Kerry confidant and lobbyist, David Leiter. Timeline May 13, 2014, Venue, D.C. Accomplices, Devin Archer, Eric Schwerin, and Demetra Lambros. U.S. Codes involved, Title 18, Section 2, and Section 219, and Title 22, Section 612. Sideline, before I read the section directly from the report, the email and reference in this section reads from Eric Schwerin on May 13, 2014, at 6.26 p.m. as follows. Hey, guys. There is apparently a photo of Devin and the VP on Burisma's website. 
I can't see it. The website isn't working very well right now. But Demetra, VP counsel, called and asked that we tell Burisma they need to take it down. Legally, they aren't comfortable with the VP's picture being up on the site as what seems like an endorsement. Are either of you in touch with them to ask them to do so? Or is there someone you want me to call? Demetra or someone from over there may call directly, but she asked if we could do it and she didn't know who to call. Let me know if there's something I can do. So the report says, Request regarding Burisma was the email's subject line. This email, apart from showing the obvious conspiracy between Joe's lawyer, Hunter, his business partners, and Burisma, was emblematic of the cultural differences between corruption in the Ukraine and the U.S. Burisma knew what they were paying for with Hunter on their board. Influence. Illegal influence. Burisma wanted to show it off on their company's website. However, the Americans had to put a proverbial arm around the shoulder and say, hey, look, optics matter here in the U.S. We can't be too overt about our illegal representation of you, just in case the law starts to apply equally to us and the DOJ begins to ask questions about FAR enforcement. The photo in question of Joe and Archer in Joe's office is still available through a Google search, yet the Washington Post declared that a copy, quote, couldn't be located. Within six months of taking office, Joe appointed Lambros as the chair of the President's Commission on the White House Fellowships. Timeline. September 10, 2014. Venue, still D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. U.S. codes involved, of course, Title 18, Section 2, and Title 22, Section 612. Archer provided a status update to Hunter after he illegally represented Burisma's interests at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. Quote, Embassy meetings today all went well. Tomorrow with Ukraine ministries and the conference starts. Nikolai Lochevsky's house is completely and absolutely ridiculous. End quote. In addition to Archer admitting his FARA violations, he explained to Hunter that BSF the law firm which served as a source of protection for them, was milking the Burisma teat too quickly. Quote, I think Burisma is getting a little frustrated with boys. Heather, King, already blew through the retainer and sent another $30,000 bill. I am explaining we needed boys for our protection initially, and they haven't gotten Tchevsky's U.S. visa ban sorted out yet. But again with Burisma, it's written off as protection for us and everything's fine. Unquote. In other words, the DO's plausible deniability scheme for violating the FARA using the FARA's misunderstood legal exemption was exposed. Timeline, February 15, 2015 and following. Venue, D.C. Accomplices, Devin Archer and U.S. State Department official. U.S. codes involved. CFR Title V, Section 2635.703. Title 18 of the U.S. Code, Section 2, and Section 219, and Title 19, Section 612. Two months after the investigation into Lochevsky was reported closed due to Lochevsky's $7 million bribe paid to Ukrainian state prosecutors, Hunter violated the FARA and intervened on the energy mogul's behalf at the U.S. State Department regarding Lochevsky's trip to Mexico. Timeline April 16, 2015 and following. Venue, still D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. 
and of course the U.S. codes involved, Title 18, Section 2, and Section 219, and Title 22, Section 612. And now infamous email from Bozarski, the key fixer for Lochevsky, revealed that Hunter and Archer acted as unregistered foreign agents by organizing a secret dinner with Joe at Cafe Milano in D.C. The rendezvous with Joe was planned months in advance, and Pozarski, a key advisor for Burisma, thanked Hunter for the, quote, honor and pleasure of dining with Joe, the vice president. The following month, Hunter requested to grab a cup of coffee with the Deputy Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. Blinken committed perjury with Senate investigators when he stated that he had, quote, no knowledge of Hunter Biden's service on Burisma's board. Even though Hunter's associates at Blue Star Strategies invoked Hunter's name when lobbying Blinken and his department for Burisma. Timeline August 12, 2015, and following. Venue still DC. Accomplices Devin Archer, John Sandwick, Eric Swearin, Blue Star Strategies et al. U.S. Codes involved Title V of the CFR, Section 2635.703. U.S. Code, Title 18, Section 2, Section 219, Section 1001, and U.S. Title 22, Section 612. Even though the Ukrainian energy mogul had arranged for Hunter and Archer to be on the board of Burisma, Lochevsky's visa was still being denied, rendering him unable to travel to the States. As a result, the former Acting Director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Sandwick, was summoned to illegally grease the gears of ICE and other U.S. federal agencies, violating the FARA. Sandwig also illegally utilized non-public information from at least two federal government officials when he inquired about Lochevsky's visa status. However, the non-public information Sandwig received was bad news. The visa was still being blocked. Sandwick then laundered the information about the visa status back to Lachevsky through Pozarski and Hunter's business partner, Swearin. In the background of this illegal representation, Pozarski pressed Hunter and Blue Star Strategies for concrete, tangible results with the ultimate purpose of their aforementioned $166,000 monthly insurance premium being to, quote, close down for any cases, pursuits against Nikolai in Ukraine, unquote. Tramontano committed perjury when testifying to senators about her firm's involvement. Timeline, September 17, 2015 and following. Venue, Southern District of New York and D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. Codes involved. U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2, Section 981A, 1A, Section 1956, A1AII, and Section 1957A, and Title 22, Section 612, and New York Code 470.20. The $166,000 monthly insurance premium for Nikolai's support was sent to RSB LLC, formerly named Rosemont Seneca Bohai LLC in two equal wire transfers of $83,333.33. The wire transfers were typically facilitated through AS Private Bank in Latvia, which was Kolomoisky's laundering vehicle of choice. 
Ten days after the wire transfers went through in September 2015, Hunter flew on Air Force Two and took in the pleasantries of Italy, which included a private tour of the Coliseum. The Biden's government-sponsored jaunt included Joe, Jill, and the rest of the family, sans Kathleen. Timeline, November 30th, 2015 and following. Venue, still D.C. Accomplices, Devin Archer, Eric Swearin, Ryan Tui, David Wade, and Blue Star Strategies. U.S. Codes involved, Title 18, Section 2, Title 22, Section 612. As with Hunter's many shell companies, the Biden's goal was to create plausible deniability by inserting layers between the origin of information, money, influence, and the recipient, beneficiary. One week near the end of 2015 was especially illustrative of these schemes. Hunter and his partners used Ryan Tui as a frontman for the FAR violations when trying to massage stories from the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. No one knew these schemes better than Kaufman, Hunter's frequent lunch guest and confidant, who Joe appointed to the Senate when he became the VP. Immediately preceding Hunter's lunch with Kaufman was a White House conference call. During that call, Blue Star Strategies were busy doing the bidding of Burisma. Evidently, the lobbying shop tasked the young guy in the office with sending the most incriminating emails as the note from Sean Keeley describing the call revealed blatant FARA violations. Plazarski was on the email chain, so Keeley either did not bother or forgot to launder the information from the White House through Hunter's crew back to Plazarski. Equally interesting was the fact that Swearing forwarded Keeley's email to Hunter, not realizing that Hunter was on the original distribution list. Swearing's email implied that Hunter was deliberately kept off of other email chains in the past in an attempt to cover Hunter's digital tracks and create plausible deniability. The memo, which outlined Joe's trip agenda, was not available on the laptop as the Wi-Fi was disconnected. Joe's DOJ let Blue Star Strategies get away with these crimes by retroactively filing under the FARA a la Tony Podesta. Following day, John Kerry, then U.S. Secretary of State, pressured the President of the Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, to fire the Ukrainian Prosecutor General, Viktor Shokin, who had opened an investigation into Burisma. In fact, Kerry told Poroshenko that, quote, the Vice President is very concerned about it, unquote. Two months later, Joe threatened to withhold a $1 billion loan guarantee in coordination with the International Monetary Fund if Poroshenko did not fire Shokin. When Joe later bragged and recounted this international quid pro quo at an event sponsored by the Council for, on Foreign Relations, quote, well, son of a bitch, he got fired, unquote. Joe was flanked by Michael Carpenter. When the calls between Kerry, Biden, and Poroshenko leaked, Carpenter went on the record and declared that the audio files, for which there is zero evidence of tampering, were part of a, quote, KGB-style disinformation operation tied to pro-Russian forces in Ukraine whose chief aim is to make deceptive noise to advance the interests of the Kremlin, unquote. Just two weeks before Joe threatened Poroshenko, Hunter gushed to Pozarsky about Lachevsky's generosity, quote, Thank NZ for the beautiful birthday gifts, but they were far too extravagant, unquote. 
Timeline, March 24, 2016, September 15, 2016. Venue, D.C. Accomplices, John Beretta and Blue Star Strategies. Codes involved, U.S. Title 18, Section 2, U.S. Title 22, Section 612. A prominent legal fixer named John Beretta, a former Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General under Obama, violated the FARA on behalf of Lochevsky by advocating to Amos Hochstein and U.S. Ambassador Marie Yavanovich. Whether the assertions in Beretta's letter to Yavanovich were accurate was irrelevant, as it was part of an illegal lobbying scheme with Blue Star Strategies. Timeline, May 26, 2016. Venue, D.C. Accomplices, Joe and John Flynn. Codes involved. CFR Title V, Section 2635.703, U.S. Title 18, Section 2, Section 219, and U.S. Title 22, Section 612, and U.S. Title 44, Section 2207. A senior advisor to the Vice President, John Flynn, sent notes and a scheduling card to Joe via Joe's secret alias email address for Joe's upcoming call with Poroshenko, which was to take place the next morning, May 27, 2016, at 9 a.m. Notwithstanding the fact that the notes for the call with Poroshenko would ordinarily be classified, the email and the accompanying notes were cc'd to Hunter at his business email address. As a reminder, Hunter, at that time, sat on the board of Burisma, whose core operations were in Poroshenko's country, although Burisma was actually domiciled in Cyprus for money laundering purposes. A simple web search confirmed Joe's schedule during that time frame and proved that Joe did travel to Rhode Island on May 27, 2016, where he met with his current Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo. Joe's secret alias email address was, in one respect, simply par for the course during the Obama administration. Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder used aliases, as well as Obama himself, along with Hillary Clinton, who used two private aliases, hdr22 at clintonemail.com and hrod17 at clintonemail.com. However, the Presidential Records Act, Title 44, Section 2207, and its requirements put Joe's alias account, robert.l.peters at pci.gov, in a particularly troubling light. As an example, when one searches for robert.l.peters at pci.gov on bidenlaptopemails.com, 27 results appear. Members of the U.S. Senate have asked questions about this email account, but Joe's lawyers have simply ignored the letters. A nonprofit watchdog has also submitted a FOIA request to the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, although the likelihood that the NARA is responsive is low. One person who will have answers, or know someone who does, is Mark Grabo from the Secret Service. Grabo was the network administrator who configured itchy.pci.gov, one of the several subdomains that has since been taken offline. Timeline, July 8, 2016. Venue, D.C. Accomplice, Devin Archer. Codes involved, U.S. Title 18, Section 2. U.S. Title 22, Section 612. The extremely persistent Pozarski, 
needed Hunter at a very critical moment, and Hunter apparently delivered on Burisma's behalf. Quote, keep D updated. I went as high as I could, unquote. Sideline D here is referring to Devin Archer. Hunter's purposely vague message presumably alluded to the NATO summit in Poland, which had just begun, an event critical to Burisma's interests. As you can imagine, Burisma had its fingers in many Western-funded pies, including the aforementioned Metabiota, a, quote, pandemic-tracking company, which raised money from Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners. In fact, Lochevsky took out insurance policies against his prosecution in other ways, from placing Kofor Black, a Romney advisor, on Burisma's board, to partnering with Kolomoisky's lackeys in Cyprus. Timeline, July 12, 2016 and following. Venue, D.C., accomplices, Evan Ryan and Blue Star Strategies. Codes involved, U.S. Title 18, Section 2 and Section 219, and U.S. Code 22, Section 612. Evan Ryan, who was the then Assistant Secretary of State for Educational and Cultural Affairs, helped Hunter and Blue Star Strategies violate the FARA by coordinating calls and meetings with her husband, Tony Blinken, who was the then Deputy Secretary of State. Along with the U.S. Embassy in Kiev apparently writing letters on Burisma's behalf, Blinken's department was coordinating Burisma's work with Hunter, who told Ryan, quote, I talked with S, Sally Painter, and K, Karen Tramontano, and they said they called Blinken at 5.30. Even though Ryan acted as a conduit for these FARA and other lobbying violations, including U.S. Title II, 1603, her career prospects were not hurt. Ryan is now Joe's cabinet secretary, overseeing his administration's executive agencies. Timeline, November 22, 2016, and December 8, 2016. Venue, still D.C. Accomplices, Dan Freed, John Herbst, and Blue Star Strategies. Codes involved, U.S. Title 18, Section 2, and U.S. Title 22, Section 612. Beretta wasn't the only John to violate the FARA on behalf of Burisma. John Herbst, the director of the Eurasia Center at the infamous Atlantic Council think tank, also pleaded with Yavanovich about Lochevsky. Dan Freed, Herbst's colleague, also illegally lobbied U.S. official George Kent. Timeline, March 19, 2017 and following. Venue, still D.C. Code involved, Title 22, Section 612. If there were any lingering doubts about whether Hunter, as a member of Burisma's board, was an unregistered, quote, agent of a foreign principal under the provisions of the FARA, his WhatsApp messages to Bobolinsky certainly cleared things up. Four months after Joe left the vice presidency, Hunter was on Lochevsky's yacht off the coast of Monaco and was, quote, fighting for the only income Hunter had left right now from Burisma, unquote. In other words, Hunter's value to the foreign principal took a nosedive after his father left public office. Lochevsky even cut Hunter's director's fee in half. Nevertheless, the always eager to please Pozarski assured Hunter that he would find the new director's rate of $40,000 a month, quote, both fair and reasonable. Besides the annual jaunt to Monaco, where Lochevsky was hiding out, in the early summer, for a forum on energy security sponsored by Burisma, 
Hunter's duties were thin. So thin were Hunter's responsibilities that Swearin even joked with Hunter after he signed the new Burisma contract, quote, that's the easiest $500 million you ever made, unquote. Hunter wanted to make sure his idiot secretary, Katie Dodge, knew that their company's payments from Burisma were solely due to Hunter's valuable surname. In fact, Hunter was enraged that Archer considered the Burisma payments his money, considering that Archer resigned from Burisma's board after his aforementioned indictment for scamming Indians and pensioners with junk bonds. Adding to Hunter's beef was the fact that Archer named Hunter and Joe as witnesses in Archer's trial in New York and did not tell him. Two weeks after Hunter's outburst, Joe told Katie that Hunter had, quote, gone missing. The Biden's crimes in and around the Ukraine left many loose ends. If there ever were a loose end that had to be tied up, it was Kolomoisky. Joe had been focused on Kolomoisky for years. In fact, on November 16, 2016, just after the U.S. presidential election, Joe pressured Poroshenko to nationalize private bank right away. Kolomoisky had stolen billions in IMF loans, funded in part by U.S. taxpayers through his ownership of private bank. If private bank collapsed, then the Ukraine would have descended into deeper chaos. People might have started asking questions about the ultimate source of the money Lozchevsky used to pay Hunter's Burisma board fees. Joe was not going to let civil forfeiture cases in district courts be his only warning to Kolomoisky to keep quiet about Marisma and other matters. Joe, through his fixer Blinken, banned Kolomoisky from entering the U.S., a toothless and posturing move as Kolomoisky rarely travels to the States. And with that, we've come to the end of the Ukrainian section of the Marco Polo Biden laptop report. And you'll notice we were able to cover it in one section, some, what, 36 minutes, and we cover all of Ukraine, but it took us two 40-plus minute episodes uh, to cover the content for China. And the next section, in, in episode seven, we'll cover Kazakhstan and Romania, and then the section after that, we'll cover Mexico and, and going forward. You'll notice these sections are smaller. There's less content there, and Ukraine was half the amount of content that China was. And yet the focal point from the media, from the politicians, from everybody has been on Ukraine, has been on this issue here that you were listening to today. But there's far more information, far more damning, corruptive dealings that went on with China and the Biden family than with Ukraine. (laughs) So you need to put that into perspective and you need to think of it from that perspective. We're not hearing about China primarily. We're hearing about Ukraine And so there's a major area that's being missed in all of this and overlooked. And I think the focus on Ukraine has been because of the conflict going on over there between Putin and Zelensky, which, by the way, the Bidens profit from both sides of that deal. But that's for another day to discuss that. But the China deal, the China one is the big one. That's the big bulk of everything. So go back in and re-listen to episodes four and five if you've already heard them, or go back for certain and listen to them if you haven't before. That's really where the scary stuff is. Right. Next time, Kazakhstan and Romania. God bless. Pass it on. <laughs>